Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in today to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I'm Joe Nettles, and welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, we are glad you're here. If you've listened before and you're tuning back in, we thank you and ask that you'll continue to pray for our endeavors here on the radio. I welcome you on behalf of Elder David Wise, and I'm Elder Joe Nettles. And today we're going to have a message called A Fig Tree Experience. We hope and pray that it'll bless your heart. Whenever you have an opportunity, come to Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church or Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church. You can find out more about this broadcast in our respective churches at the website gospel-of-grace.com. Visit that and come and see us if you have a chance and also write to us. Let us know that you're listening. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Also, come to the La Quinta Inn Conference Room in Starkville, Mississippi, some Wednesday night at 6 p.m. and worship with us there. We have an abbreviated worship service, and then we break bread and fellowship. We'd love to have you join us. That's 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening at the La Quinta Inn Conference Room in Starkville, Mississippi, just off the campus of Mississippi State University. Again, today we have the message, A Fig Tree Experience, and after this hymn, we'll be right back with today's message.
Thank you so much, my friends, for staying tuned with us here, the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. Again, I'm Elder Joe Nettles. I'm turning my Bible to John chapter 1. I would like to deal today with the exchange between the Lord Jesus Christ and Nathaniel regarding the experience of the fig tree. And so if you go to John chapter 1, we're going to go to verse 44 and begin reading. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Now, if you read a little while before, you'll see that Philip just recently learned of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here he is very excited, apparently. It said, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. From reading that, I don't get the impression that Philip just happened upon Nathanael. When he said, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write. It sounds to me like he was speaking as a collective, like Philip and Nathaniel maybe had studied together. Certainly, I believe that these two men seeking the Messiah, seeking the Lord, and them being Jews, they had access to the oracles or to the law of Moses and the Old Testament prophets. That's all they had as a Bible back then. They certainly did not count the apocryphal books as inspired, as obvious. They, they didn't quote from them, neither did Jesus. But they had the scriptures, and they studied them, and they were seeking these scriptures and seeking the Messiah. And here, Nathaniel is being blessed with the great news from Philip, excitedly saying, We have found him of whom it was spoken, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now, what are we seeing here? We're seeing that Nathaniel's being a little condescending, isn't he? Nathaniel's being a little sarcastic. I mean, we in the South uh, are used to that, unfortunately. We go other places, and people think because we have a Southern drawl and that we speak a little more slowly and that we're a little more kind and genteel in some of our ways that we're rubes, that we're very simple, that we don't like poetry. We would never sit around trying to solve a Sudoku puzzle that we think slowly and we act slowly and that we're lazy and whatnot, you get all kind of stereotypical views on people from the South. But if they come down here, they'll see that people are very learned. They love to read. They love poetry. They love singing. They love arts and crafts and entertainment. They love uh, the arts. It's just a stereotype that is just not warranted most of the time. But people are always going to have their stereotypes. They're always going to make generalizations. And here among the region of Galilee, everyone there in relation to the, to the land of Judea, they thought them as lowly people, but especially those from the area of the city of Nazareth. Obviously, they were seen as the lowest of the low because Nathaniel was of Galilee, he was looked down upon by the rest of Judea. But here he is looking down upon someone from Nazareth. So not a very charitable view, uh, not the very good first impression we might get from Nathaniel, but let's read on. Philip saith unto him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and saith of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Now remember, these are the words of Jesus Christ. Verse 47, those words of Christ are in red letter, if that makes you feel better about it. But all of the Bible are the words of Jesus. But we just tend to put a little more affection on those red letter words, don't we, in the Bible? 
Well, Jesus himself, the God of glory, the God-man, the Alpha and the Omega, the same yesterday, today, and forever, the all-knowing and omniscient, I'm sorry, all-knowing, which is omniscient and omnipotent God manifest in the flesh, said these words, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. First off, whenever I used to read that verse, I just kind of read over it like we often, so often do when we read the Word of God. I would read it this way, Behold, an Israelite, comma, indeed, in whom is no guile. But it's not written that way. In the King James translation, it says, Behold, an Israelite, indeed, comma, in whom is no guile. Why does the comma make a difference? Well, you've heard, you know, you've seen the little jokes where people say, I love eating, grandma, and football. Well, you know, if you don't have commas in the right place there, you'll turn to cannibalism or something like that. You've all seen those. The punctuation matters, especially when you're looking at the Bible translations and the Word of God. He said, Behold an Israelite indeed, comma. That is one cogent thought. Behold an Israelite indeed. Now, Jesus was not just being, uh, he was just not being rhetorical. Jesus was not being redundant. Why do I say that? Because everyone in that region essentially was an Israelite. And if they weren't Israelites, they stuck out like a sore thumb. The Romans uh, did not dress like uh, the Judeans did. Neither did the Scythians, the barbarians, uh, the, the Greeks, as it were. They, they had a distinct look about them. And here Jesus saw him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed. It seems a bit silly if he would have just been pointing out that here comes a child of Abraham of physical lineage. It doesn't seem to carry any import whatsoever. But here, Jesus cries out, seemingly excitedly, Behold, an Israelite indeed. Now, what is the difference? What's the point I'm trying to make? He wasn't just saying, Behold, here's an Israelite. He was saying, Behold, here's an Israelite indeed. What's the difference between an Israelite, which is a physical Jew, a one who is of the physical lineage of Abraham, as it says in Romans chapter 2, circumcised after the flesh according to the law, of the letter of the law. But what is an Israelite indeed? I hold and posit for you today that an Israelite indeed is one that's also spoken in Romans chapter 2 of not being circumcised in the flesh, but being circumcised in the heart. This is a child of faith. That makes him a true child of Abraham, who is labeled and identified in the word of God as our father of faith. I believe Jesus was pointing out to this man even before he'd ever had an exchange with him in person. But you better believe one thing. Jesus Christ, being God, knew his name written on the Lamb's Book of Life before the world began. And he came into this world for his people, and Nathaniel was one of them. So Jesus cries out, Behold, an Israelite indeed. And that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because Nathaniel was seeking after God. The unregenerated person who does not have faith, according to Romans chapter 3, says, it says there, uh, there is none that doeth good, there is none righteous, there is none that seeketh after God. If someone's not born again of the Spirit of God, if they're in their original nature, they're not seeking after God. But obviously, from the context, Nathaniel and Philip, these were men that were seeking the Messiah. And we're going to find that Nathaniel got quite excited to find him. So why was he seeking the Messiah? Why was he uh, looking for the evidence of things not seen? Uh, why was he desiring the substance of things hoped for? Because he had faith. Yes, before he'd ever heard the words of Jesus, known anything of his identity as the Messiah, this man was following God 
by faith. And it led him to the person of Jesus Christ. Behold, an Israelite indeed. You know, you can see much the same wording in the exchange of the Lord Jesus Christ with Zacchaeus. After he went to Zacchaeus' home and Zacchaeus proclaimed for him all of the ways in which he tries to give restitution when he has done wrong. And if you'll notice, the restitution Zacchaeus was paying was far above and beyond what was commanded in the law of Moses. Well, why was Zacchaeus doing that? Apparently, he felt a burden. Well, where did that burden come from? It wasn't a law written on stone tablets because he was far exceeding that. But Zacchaeus was acting under the direction of a law that had been written in his heart. He had already had the Spirit of God in his heart. He already was a child of faith before he ever laid eyes upon the man, Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, friends, it tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul wrote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith, to faith. Notice you've got to have faith on both ends of that. You've got to have faith on the one sharing the gospel, and you've got to have faith already in the character who receives the gospel. Otherwise, he'll not desire it. He won't want it. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he, for they are spiritually discerned. You see, Nathaniel was hungering after Christ. He was seeking after God, and here he found him this day in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, after that comment says, in whom is no guile. Again, this is not just a friendly gesture. This is just not a colloquialism spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the, there are no accidental words in the vocabulary of Jesus Christ. He being all God, everything he ever said, everything he ever did, every batting of his eyelid, every step that he took, every morsel that he ate, every drop that he drank was absolutely certain to have happened just the way it did from the foundation of the world. Why? Because he is God, he changeth not. In him is no variableness nor shadow of turning. So these words are not accidental. There's nothing accidental that comes from Almighty God. Here he said, in whom is no guile. Now, we don't typically use the phrase, the term guile in our vernacular, do we? How many times did you say guile in the last month? I, I venture to tell you, I, I never use the word guile unless I am referring to Scripture, where it's used quite frequently. Well, what does it mean? Well, the word guile here is translated from a Greek word, dolos, which means craftiness, deceitfulness, trickery, and subtlety. Now, here the God of glory proclaiming with his inerrant word coming out of his mouth says of Nathaniel, not only behold an Israelite indeed, not only is this one who is a true child of Abraham in the spirit, already one of my children, one for whom I came to bleed and die, he said, in whom is no guile, no craft, no deceitfulness, no trickery, and no subtlety. Can that be describing an unregenerated person, my friends, according to the word of God? Because many people hold that until Nathaniel came that day and confessed Jesus Christ, there was absolutely no eternal life uh, applied to him. He was insecure for eternal life until he came and laid eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ and proclaimed his belief in him. And I'll tell you, that's just not so. Because Jesus of his own word said, in whom is no guile. There's no craftiness in this man. He said, there's no deceit. Well, what do, what do we know about the natural heart? In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, I believe it is, it said, for the heart of man is deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. 
Well, here was one in whom was no deceit. Well, that certainly doesn't sound like a natural heart to me, especially when the words are coming from Jesus Christ. Here he said, here's one in whom is no trickery. What was the name of Jacob? Jacob means supplanter or trickster. And I'll tell you, Jacob lived up to that name until the Lord found him in a waste and howling wilderness in Bethel that day and changed his heart and quickened him and changed him. It said the Lord found him there. Now, the Lord always knew where he was geographically, but the Lord came and seized his heart that day. And until that time, he showed forth his name, supplanter, trickster. But Nathaniel was not so. It means subtlety. Well, that's my friends, people who are known for their subtlety, and that means their deceit, their sneakiness, their little sneaky snake ways. Well, who's the most subtle of all the creatures? It's Satan himself. That's what we're told in the word of God, that he's the most subtle of all the creatures. And friends, if we are behaving in guile, in subtlety, trickery, deceit, and craft, we are not emulating the traits of God. We are emulating the traits of the devil himself. But yet the Lord Jesus Christ proclaimed of him, in whom is no guile, exclamation point. I love it. Now, Nathanael saith unto him, now remember Nathanael's never laid eyes on this gentleman, but this, eye, this gentleman had had an eternal eye upon Nathanael. Remember that. Nathanael saith unto him, whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Now, imagine that you've never read this account in John chapter 1. Imagine you've never read it. Maybe you're listening to my voice and you never have read it. Now, after Nathanael asked him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. What would you assume would be a reasonable response from Nathanael? Well, it seems to me Nathanael would say, Oh, were you that fellow that walked past me while I was under the fig tree? You were leading that goat to market? And was that you? Or were you sitting up on the hill behind the fig tree where I was seated? And you looked down and you saw me, but I didn't saw, see you. Is that what happened? That would be a reasonable expectation, right? We would be wondering, well, how is it that you saw me? But notice Nathaniel's response was not at all typical. This was an atypical situation. This was not just him meeting another man on the road. Here he was meeting the man who's known him with an everlasting love, a man who had always had him in his heart, a man who even before he was fleshly man was always the son of God and had written his name in a book of life and had loved him and came into this world specifically for him, just as he did for every elect child of grace, a people of every kindred, nation, people, and tongue, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, like the sand of the seashore and the stars of the heaven. Yes, sir, our God's got a vast number of people that he's going to carry to glory one day because he's the Lord of Sabaoth. He's the Lord of hosts. And Nathaniel was one of his hosts. But notice Nathaniel's answer. It wasn't just how did you see me? How do you know me? Did you talk to someone who knows me? No. Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi. That means master, but he doesn't stop there. Even the Pharisees would call Jesus Rabbi. They wouldn't call him Lord. Judas Iscariot would call Jesus Rabbi, but he never called him Lord. But here, Nathaniel went past just saying Rabbi. He saith unto him, Rabbi, 
Thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. And the saying uh, nowadays, uh, you know, that escalated quickly, didn't it? That's not exactly the response you would be looking for if you didn't know this account, would you? I mean, Nathaniel here is excited. Something has really stirred this man up. This man is proclaiming this man not only to be a master, having just come into his presence. Not only is he saying he's a, a master, he's saying you are the son of God. And to the Jews, that was equating one with Yahweh. When Jesus did so, they took up stones to stone him. Thou art the king of Israel. Thou art the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the one spoken of in Micah chapter 5 verse 2, or you are the one spoken of in Psalm 45. You are the one prophesied of in multiple places in the Old Testament that it told of the true king, the greater David would come. Yes. Wow. What an experience Nathaniel is showing forth here. Nothing run of the mill here, my friends. Nothing atypical here. Philip had had an experience with Jesus Christ before this day. Obviously, he had. Otherwise, it would be such a disjointed response. There's no way we could make sense of it. But it does make perfect sense. When Jesus saw him under the fig tree, when he said, when he mentioned that fig tree, now I don't know what, I do not know what the uh, experience was that Nathaniel had under the fig tree. But friends, you better believe one thing. He'd had an experience with Jesus Christ already. He immediately recognized him and he was immediately willing to proclaim him equitable with the God of glory. It must have been a wonderful experience. And friends, I'm going to tell you something today. We go just like Philip and we go around and we want to crave, we crave to share Jesus Christ with people. We want to tell them what he's done for us, how he has saved me from the bar rooms and from the drugs and from the alcohol, how he has saved me from the filthy language, how he has saved me uh, from a life of despair and hopelessness and vanity, how he has saved me from the only joy I could find in my life was the next planned vacation. Uh, he saved me from having to wonder about my 401k. He has saved me from despair if I lose a job. He has saved me with a kingdom, a church where I can come and I can dwell together with other lively stones who love their Lord and Savior. And they'll bow down and wash one another's feet and they'll break bread together and they'll live and sing and rejoice and congregate in the name of Almighty God and in the name of Jesus Christ. He has saved me in so many ways. And I want to go around and I want to tell people that. And if you're listening to this broadcast today, I want to tell you that there is salvation in Jesus Christ if your heart is heavy and burdened. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Maybe you're listening to this broadcast right now, snickering, saying, listen to this fool. Listen to this rube, this person who would believe in this mystical, mythical God. I won't have it. I wouldn't have it. I feel sorry for this dummy. But maybe you're listening to this broadcast today and you're burdened with sin. You know that you can't meet the mark. You know that you've sinned before God. You know that he's great and he's worthy of all praise and that you are not. And you wonder about the afterlife and you wonder about the present life and you need answers. You need salvation. Friends, I'll tell you, if you're seeking after the Lord like Nathaniel was, you've already had an experience with the Lord. Amen. You've had an experience with the Lord. Again, we said the natural man, he'll not receive the spiritual things. Uh, tell me an experience outside of Jesus Christ that's not spiritual. 
okay? My friends, he's all God. And what a wonderful spiritual experience this was. And this man had received it, not because to get born again, but because he'd already been born again and he'd already known and met this man, Jesus Christ, in his heart. In John chapter 6, we'll begin reading in verse 43. Jesus therefore answered, and I hear with some murmuring, uh, hateful Jews, Pharisees. Uh, he told them, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. Nathaniel came. He willingly came. He came with a hunger. He came with a thirst after righteousness. I'm here to tell you, my friends, he left there that day filled. Filled with the presence of Jesus Christ, filled with an experience he would never forget, filled with the only saving grace that could ever be had in all of time and beyond time. He had felt it that day because he'd already had an experience. He'd come to Christ in a physical way that day, but the Father had already drawn him. To draw means to like pull a sword, draw a sword from a scabbard or draw water out of a well. It's not a voluntary thing. It's not of the volition of that which is drawn. It is of the power of the one who does the drawing. He said, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God. Not taught about God. They shall be taught of God. That means God does the teaching and they do the learning. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father. Can you hear the voice of God? In John chapter 5, verse 25, the Lord said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is. Now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. He was speaking about spiritual life, spiritual quickening in that passage of scripture. Here Nathaniel had heard the Father. He had heard the Son. He had heard the Spirit. The wind had blown where it listeth and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth, that means if you're presently, if you come to a point of belief, hath everlasting life. We don't believe to gain everlasting life. We believe to gain the joys, the comfort, and the authorization of everlasting life that we can have here under the sound of the preached gospel. And friends, if you've had an experience with the Lord, if you hadn't had an experience with the Lord, if you've never lay in your bed at night and had a tear fall down because of your fallings or had some great terrible regret before God for something that you did to cause another person to stumble and fall or to hurt their feelings needlessly, then this message is not for you. But if you have felt the Father, then you need to come unto Jesus. You need to come, serve him in his church, be baptized, and enjoy his fellowship the rest of your days. I love you. God bless you. And until we're able to meet with you again, may the Lord richly bless you all.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the grace of Jesus.